Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I don't need nothing new until I get a hold of what I already have. This will take me a lifetime. This is a lifetime of revelation. Are y'all hearing me? This is, a, this is a lifetime of revelation. If God never says another word to you personally, he's already said it through his word. You don't need any more revelation. Tell you what, you'll get a new revelation. Keep on reading this. And when the rapture happens and you find yourself in the blink of an eye in, the, in heaven with the father, you're going to look around. You're going to see a new revelation. You're going to be like, whoa, man, look at that. Oh, the Father, Jesus. We don't need a new revelation. Let's just deal with this. Now, briefly, high level, we can learn many things from what Jesus is teaching here. I'm going to give you four points this morning on what we can learn as Jesus is actually teaching on love. Point number one, you're taking notes. Here's the word for the day. The word for the day is L-O-V. E, love. Notice in verse 40, Jesus takes the whole law. Did you get that? Jesus takes the whole law and he reduces it down to one word, love. You see that? Look at verse 40. On these two commandments, what commandments? The two we just said, you shall love the Lord in verse 37. And then the second one, you shall love your neighbor. On these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. On two commandments hang all the law. Now, I understand when we think of the law, we think of the Ten Commandments because much of our theology has learned, been learned from Charlton Heston. <laughs> In the Ten Commandments, we see Charlton coming down like Moses, and he's carrying the two tablets. And on both the tablets, on one tablet, on the first tablet, speaks of the commandments as it relates to our relationship and God. So the first tablet deals with your vertical relationship to God. You shouldn't have any false gods. You shouldn't have any other gods. You shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. The first table or tablet of stone dealt with our relationship to God. The second tablet deals with our horizontal relationship, not to God, but to man. So you've got the first tablet dealing with your relationship to God. You can go look this up in Exodus 20 later. But it deals with your relationship to God. And then the second tablet deals with your relationship to man. But the scribes actually determined, listen, that there were not 10 commandments, but 613 of them. So, and they divided them. 248 of them were positive or things you should do. And 365 of them were prohibitions. Don't do. It's almost like one 
don't do for every day of the week. Or I'm sorry, for every, yeah, every day of the year. 365 of them. Don't do this and don't do that. So when they come to Jesus, they're actually asking which of the 613 commandments are the greatest, trying to get him involved in controversy. But notice Jesus' classic and brilliant answer. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And that's the first and the greatest commandment. And then the second is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is quoting from what the Jews call the Shammai. Taking notes, S-H-E-M-A, the Shammai. Some pronounce it Shema. Jesus is quoting from the Shammai. And it means to hear. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, which reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And then Jesus goes on to say, and the second is like the first, now Jesus is taking Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, And he's putting it along. Listen, Jesus is doing something that teachers don't do. They were shocked in that day when he did this. He's taking a verse from the Shema in Deuteronomy. And then he's taking Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, which says that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he's putting them together and saying they're the same. Teachers didn't do that in Jesus' day. So the Pharisees are listening at this. And, and, and Jesus is doing something that is brilliant. They're blown away. And they probably look at each other and Jesus says, love God and love others. And they look at each other and they go, dude, that's deep. <laughs> Man, that's heavy. So Jesus is teaching here that loving God and loving others is the same. But you want to notice, first of all, he says what? That you are to love God first. Notice the order is the greatest commandment. Why? Because Jesus knows the important thing, the most important thing you can ever, ever, ever do in your life. Listen, the most important thing you can ever do in your life is to love God first. Amen, saints? Love God first. Love him before your wife. Love him before your kids. Love him before your job and your money and your business and your in-laws and your outlaws. Amen. You love God first before your family and career and friends. You love God first. It was a prince of preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and he said this. I love this quote. He said, we must give the Lord... Our love, or that love will go somewhere else. We are so created that we must love something or other. If the ever-blessed one does not win our love, the world, the flesh, or the devil will gain it. Isn't that true? You've been created to love. You're going to love something. Somebody wrote a song. You're going to serve somebody. You're going to love something. Jesus says, love me first. Notice he says, with your heart, with your soul, and with your mind. Notice with your heart, that's your innermost being. Love him with your soul. This refers to your emotions or your will or your volition. I willingly love you, Lord. And then love him with your mind. Ah, that's interesting. Love him with your mind? You mean when you become a Christian, you don't have to check your brain at the door? No. 
You need to love him with your mind. You know, some people really believe that when you become a Christian, you check your brain at the door because you no longer need it because now it's all the spirit, man. Man, it's all spirit. I remember years of leaving the church and Sunday mornings, we're like, oh, did you feel the spirit? Oh, the spirit was high. Oh, the spirit. Oh, did you feel the spirit? The spirit of God was moving. Did you feel the spirit? Hey, well, 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 yeah, but what was the word about? What did they teach? I don't know, but I felt the spirit, man. I don't know, but the spirit was high. It's like, what? And so, you know, people think that when you become a Christian, you don't need your brain anymore because now it's all the spirit. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus says, love them with your mind. You know, that, you know what that says to me? Study the word. Get to know the word of God. Get to know this book called the Bible, because this book called the Bible is God's love letter to you. Did you know that? It's God's love letter to you. What do you do with the love letter? You keep it. You cherish it. It's near and dear to your heart. I don't know. Have you ever gotten a love letter? I was in Saudi Arabia in December 90, and uh, my wife, uh, she sent me a love letter Every day while I was there. Okay, on three, everybody say all. Oh. One, two, three, all. Oh. Thank you, now. I got a letter every single day. And you know what I did with them? I kept them and I cherished them and I loved them because they were love letters from my wife to me. And I read them all the time. Man, when they have wrote mail call, I'm standing right there. Did I get something? Did I get something? And, you know, because sometimes they didn't come every day. Although she sent them every day, they didn't get there every day. They got there sometime in stacks. So I might get like five and then I get, you know, more for two weeks. And so now I got, you know, 14, you know, and I'm like, did I get some? And, and my wife used to send me more than everybody else got. And so, and so I'd get my love letters and go, sorry, fellas. You know, sometimes she put like perfume on them. Oh, Lord. Oh, we ain't going to go there, y'all. We ain't going to go there. But, you know, and she'd write, you know, these love, and, and these are it. These, these are some of them. And I just kind of dug these out last night, but I've had these for 15 years. All right, on three. One, two, three. Uh. And it's so cool. I mean, you know, I'm reading them and, dear Rod, I, I want you to know how much we, and mainly me, um, appreciate your love and concern for this family. I love you very much. And by the way, I, oh, we, I can't go any further. Sorry. <laughs> And then, and you know, and it's so nice. I mean, look, it's so nice. And then some of them she just wrote and she just signed her name because she knew how important it was to get mail. When you're in a war situation, it, mail is like life. It's like, oh, two. It's like life. And so she sent me one and she just, you know, just a card, nothing written in it. It just says, love you. And then she, she wrote my, my, my little pet name. Everybody got their pet names, okay? Uh, now you want, you want to know what Elvira's pet name is for me? If y'all want to know, say yeah. yeah. That's so newsy. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. Mr. Big Head. All right. <laughs> so this one says, love you, Mr. Big Head, your wife. And, 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 but you know how sweet these are? You have any idea what these mean? They mean so much, I still have them. 
And it's 15 years later. Because they were love letters to me. And likewise, God's word is a love letter to you. And you should read it. And you should cherish it. And you should hold it near to your heart. Because he loves you and he's got pet names for you. Like sheep. Do you realize sheep is not a compliment? Y'all know that. You see? So love God. And then not only love him, but, but the word for love, but not only love him, but love him with every part of, the, of your being, with your heart, soul, and mind. We talked about that. And then thirdly, we're, we're to have a love for God and a love for man. And get this, those two are not separate. Some folks would love for it to be separate. I can love God, but I don't have to love people. They're not separate. You know, it was Chuck Swindoll who said, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. (laughs) Isn't that true? Sometimes it's difficult to live below with saints we know. A third grade Sunday school teacher was given a Bible lesson on the commandment, honor thy father and mother. And she asked the question, does anyone know a commandment for your brothers and sisters? Well, a little girl raised her hand and she said, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> and the Bible is clear. When you are held captive to loving God, you are also held captive to loving God's people. Loving God and his people is the tattoo of the true Christian. John chapter 13, verse 35. It was John, the apostle of love, who wrote this, but Jesus said it, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. First John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then in first, and then in first John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is not telling the truth. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, well, how can he love God whom he has not seen? That just makes sense. And so John links loving God and loving people together. John says a total love for God and a sensitive love for others is the essence of life that pleases God and the essence of all Of the Old Testament scriptures. (laughs) The apostle of love. John. John who wrote the gospel of John. First, second, third John in the book of Revelation. He was known as the apostle of love. John was the last living apostle. And because John was the last living apostle. John was very famous. In the first century. So when John would travel around. He was very old. And his disciples, he had these disciples who would go with him and travel to different churches and they would carry him around because he was so old. And they would take John into the churches and the churches would pack out with people. And they they would come and they'd sit and wait for John to show up and the disciples would come bring John in and carry him and sit him up front. They would say, John, they'd say, teach us the word. John, give us some revelation. Remember, he wrote the book of Revelation. John, give us some revelation. Teach us something, John. What's the word, John? What 
has God been saying, John? And they'd stick their necks out and they're listening and they're waiting. And John, he was old. He'd get up on his crutch and on his cane and he'd stand up and he'd look at the people. And he'd say, my children love one another. And then he would sit down. They're like, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> love one another. That it? And John became known as the preacher with these single sentence sermons. But some of y'all are thinking, Rodney, maybe you could have a few singles. <laughs> y'all want none of this. Don't start. Don't start with me. He would just exhort the people and exhort the flock to love each other. Because loving each other and loving God is the same. You see, when you love God vertically and love God's people horizontally, you have a picture of the cross. You see that? And that's the only way that you can really love God and love God's people. It's by way of the cross. Well, then our last and final point, not only are we to love God and love God's people, but notice we are to love Others, look at verse 39, we're to love others as we love ourselves. Did you see that in verse 39? As we love ourselves, as you love yourselves. In other words, Jesus is saying the second commandment is linked completely to the first. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. The implication is this. Listen, you love yourself. Now go love other people the same way. You love yourself. You know, there's a lot of teaching and preaching from the pulpits to Oprah about loving self, about self-love, books and CDs and tapes and Man, they got a self magazine, a magazine dedicated to self. Whitney Houston sings about it. Learning to love what? Learning to love yourself. So y'all acting like y'all don't know that song because you're in church. I know that. She says it's the greatest love of all. Learning to love yourself. There's so much teaching out there about self. You know, the Bible is clear and the verdict is in. The problem is not loving or not loving yourself. The problem is, according to the scriptures, that you love yourself too much. The problem is not not loving yourself. The problem is you are too focused on yourself. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 29 says no one ever hated his own flesh or his self. But he nourishes it and he cherishes it. The truth is we are hopelessly and helplessly in love with ourselves. I can prove it. You can? Yeah. Tell you what. We take a group picture right now. I take a picture of all you guys. I take it over to Walmart. I have it developed. I have it put on a CD. I bring it back, pop it in the little projection thing back there, and I show our group picture up on the screen. Who is the first person you look for? <laughs> you. And then you look and you go, is that what I look like? I'm like, yeah, that's what we've been trying to tell you, man. I mean, you, you look for you. Why? Because we are in love with ourselves. The Bible says no one ever hated themselves. It's not true. People say, well, I just hate myself. Pastor Brian, I just hate myself. You know, I'm so ugly. I just hate myself. I'm ugly. 
I said, well, wait a minute now. If you really hated yourself, then you'd be happy that you're ugly. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. The truth is we love ourselves. The truth is we care for ourselves. You get up in the morning, you comb your hair. Well, you guys do. <laughs> you brush your teeth. You eat food. You take care of yourself. We love ourselves according to the scripture. The problem is not you don't love yourself. Well, Rodney, what about the person who commits suicide because they hate themselves? Listen, can I tell you something? Listen close. The person who commits suicide, committing suicide is the ultimate form of self-love. It is. You know why? Because you care so much about the way you feel and you don't care for others. You don't care that your death is going to cause pain and destruction and heartache and sadness to the life of people. You are so self-absorbed that you decide to commit suicide. Committing suicide is the ultimate form of self-love. Ultimately. Jesus says, love others. Not love yourself, love others. And then notice he goes on to say, and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Well, that's the question. Luke chapter 10, a lawyer wanted to, you can read this in your own time, but a lawyer wanted to discuss with Jesus who was his neighbor generally. And Jesus forced him to consider a specific man in need who had been beaten and left for dead. You see, the lawyer wanted to make the issue complex and philosophical, and Jesus made it simple and practical. Jesus moved the discussion from duty to love, from debating to doing. And Jesus said, Mr. Lawyer, your neighbor is anyone in need. Now here in our text, Matthew, he actually stops the story in verse 40. But Mark continues the story. And you can read in Mark chapter 12 again in your own time. But after Jesus finished explaining the story to the scribe, the scribe was impressed. And he was getting it. And he said, Master, you have said well. Because there is one God and to love him with everything he said is and and everything that you have is better than all the burnt offerings and all of the sacrifices this scribe went on to say. And then Jesus said to him, listen at this. Jesus said, you are not far from the kingdom. That's interesting. Although this man was close and he was getting it, he was open. He wasn't far from the kingdom. But interesting, he wasn't in the kingdom. You see, being close to the kingdom is not enough. There are a lot of people who are close to the kingdom, but they're not in the kingdom. Remember, Jesus said, you must be born again. Almost saved is altogether lost. Almost saved is altogether lost. And how many people are in hell right now because they were almost saved? Being in the kingdom is the only thing that will save you. Not being close to it. Jesus said to him, Mr. Lawyer, scribe, you're close to it. You see, question, where are you this morning? Where are you? Are you in the kingdom or are you near the kingdom? See, one step makes the difference. Isn't it true? One step makes the difference. When you get on the little jet breezeway at the airport, you know that thing that goes up to the door? When you get, you know, that pulls up the door and you come down that little jet, jetty, jetty, what do they call it, jetty? Jetty breezeway, jetty thing. And you're, you're on it. It locks up to the door of the plane. One step makes the difference from being 
on the plane or not. One step makes the difference from being on the dock versus on the boat. One step. And many people miss heaven by one step. You know, someone said, don't get caught sitting on the dock of the bay. Sorry, I won't do that again. That's a song, in case y'all don't know. You see, one step makes a difference. Lord, about that one step, we ask God that you, by your spirit, would cause us to take that one step, to not miss heaven by one step. Lord, we don't want to be far and close to the kingdom. Lord, we want to be in the kingdom. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.